Hi, you are uh, listening to MS is Messy podcast. This is August 25th, and I'm talking to Aaron, my oldest. Uh, save the best for last. <laughs> anyway, welcome, Aaron. Thanks for coming. Thanks, Mom. Um, we want to continue on with our, our series of my immediate family and their their feelings about MS and the journey that we've been on over the last what, 23, almost 24 years now. And uh, so I guess I'd like to just open this up and, and you know, just let Erin talk about her first experiences with, with my MS. Yeah, so in thinking about coming and talking, I was thinking about what I wanted to talk about. And the first thing that comes to mind is, besides Bruce, I'm the only one that knows you before, right? And after, you know, that's of true. my siblings. That's so. true. Um, so that's kind of unique because I can think about this, you know, progression and think about, you know, I even tell Taylor and Matt, like, I imagine all the times you would dance. You right, love right. to dance. Right. And I'm sure you still love to dance. I do. I, in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so, so listeners know I was 18 before I was diagnosed. So our Aaron was 18 before I was diagnosed. So she, that's what she means by there was a whole lifetime before I was diagnosed that she got to see that the younger, her younger siblings didn't. I'm sorry, continue mm -hmm. on. Yeah, right. So, yeah, so I just, you know, and you're still, your spirit's still vivacious and um, alive and energetic and, you know, funny and all of these wonderful things that you've never lost. Our spirit stays with us no matter what our body does. But um, there is definitely a distinct vision of you before and you after right in right. my mind and um i don't know if, if a lot of people really realize the grieving and the transition of you know a parent or a loved one when they're ill what you know what that's like how you go through that of watching them change you know right. and actually many people do know what that's like but is it similar is to a death or what, what do you think? Um, it's similar to a death, but not because right. it's not as recognized. Right. You right. know, so not many people would go, oh, how have you done the last 24 yeah, years? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Know, like, when someone passes, you know, everybody will ask, well, how are you doing? Right, right, well, right. Oh, you must be, you must be feeling sad or you must be grieving. Or, Gosh, I can't imagine, you know, but with this, because it's just such a long span of time you know, people don't ask you. And so there's not that, and that's okay, but there's not that recognition on the outside. And then maybe really for, for us within your immediate family, I don't know that there's recognition on the inside all the time. Right, right. Especially at the beginning. Oh, especially. Right. Yeah. Especially at the beginning. So, right. Yeah. So that's something I think, um, you know, I wanted to share. Um, another thing I was thinking about too is, is the, idea with this disease in particular being um what's the word running within the family right right you know so um yeah there's definitely some familial components to it so there is. I'm, I'm sure that's frightening it for is. all of you guys yes well it's frightening for you yes and then it's frightening for us and right. then it's frightening for you know my children Right. I mean, it just continues to go on. And I think unless you live with somebody with MS in particular, and really probably any other autoimmune disease um, that's hereditary, 
you you don't think about that, but that fear, or maybe it doesn't have to be a fear, but that thought at least in the back of your mind is, right. will this affect me one day? Right. You know, will this affect my children one day? And right. So that's a, a big aspect, you know, of this whole thing, and certainly been more in my own awareness in the last. Right, you know, four to five years. Well, probably the same, maybe as people who have a mother who gets breast cancer or something. You know, exactly. And, and people make such a big deal out of that. You know, you go to the doctor, it's like, oh, you have a mother who has breast cancer, and you start getting mammograms in mm -hmm. your thirties, and you know. But with MS, there's just nothing. I mean, there's not. I don't know where we're at on the gene therapy research, but I really wish there was a gene that we could test, even the little girl, your girls, mm -hmm. to see if they had the gene for it, so that we could just know ahead of time. And be proactive about it, right? You know, right. Hopefully, that will come by the time they get to be. Yeah, that would be nice. Teenagers, but that would uh, be nice. yeah. So I, you know, I was thinking back a little bit too about um, our journey, and I, I remember that after I was diagnosed, um, I was still working at Victoria's Secret, and um, I remember working and just like everything, just working so hard and too much, um, but getting pneumonia, and I remember coming home, and I just. I literally passed out in the store and another district manager brought me home, literally carried me in the house. I just got upstairs and wanted to lay down and Aaron came home from, from school. I can't remember where you're at, UIC or something. Anyway, uh, you came home from school and said, if you saw me, you're like, I'm taking you to the hospital. I'm like, no, no, I just want to sleep. I probably wouldn't have woken up. I was that sick. <laughs> you were but sick. I was just like, you know, thank God you took the, the horn and that's how you, that's how you are with everything. You just take charge. And I appreciate it because you probably saved my life. I ended up in the hospital for a couple of days getting breathing treatments. Treatment, so that was probably pretty scary for you. But, but you know, it, it didn't seem like it to me at the, at the time I, I wasn't thinking, Oh my gosh, this is traumatizing you, but it probably did. Yeah, it didn't. Um, Gosh, I think that's probably one of those memories I tucked away. Yeah, I, I <laughs> a little PTSD there. A little PTSD, yeah. Well, and that's kind of what happens sometimes. You know, mo all moms or, or caretakers. So in this case, I was your caretaker. Can yeah. understand that when somebody you love is sick, you just something switches inside of you. And right. You, you know, moms especially can understand that, and you just think. Yeah, I've got to get you somewhere. You've got to get help. Like this is not right. Yeah. Um, so I do remember thinking that. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I I really feel like there was some divine intervention in that too. Yeah, totally. I agree. I mean, yeah, I've had a few of those experiences, but that was definitely one of those because if you had been there or or um, insisted that I go, or I mean, who knows? You know, I really just wanted to go to sleep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I was just feeling so bad. I'm like, just let me sleep, you know? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was, that was really, really rough. Um, trying to think about at the beginning, there was, it, besides that, I quit shortly thereafter. I had, I finally had to quit work a few months after that because uh, the work was too demanding and too much on my feet and just couldn't keep up. So um, things I think, it kind of, that was a weird transition probably for you too. I mean, because I had always worked your yeah. whole entire life. So yeah. you must have been like, gosh, she's here all the time. Yes. And, and in my face. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Telling me what to do. As and... a young adult saying, what time are you coming in? <laughs> yeah, no, I did not like that. Yeah. I can't say that that was my favorite part, but. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. We're, now I know you were much older and I asked your siblings about this, so um, probably doesn't even apply to you, but were you ever embarrassed about 
my MS no. or that never that never because you were never. of the age that, that never no I was more the feeling and so maybe there was embarrassment behind this but the feeling I felt most often was anger right I think I felt angry um you know that would come up in different situations like the movie the movie theater oh gosh tell, tell them about that oh that was my good goodness one. yeah so good when you had parked um you and I went to go see a movie and I don't you were probably newly diagnosed or within a Within, years. Yeah, within a couple of years. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we parked in the handicap spot. Right. And you got out and you were walking fairly well. Yeah. You know, no cane, I don't think. No, I don't right? think I was using a cane. Mm -mm. Yeah. So you and I got out and we walked in and, and this you know older gentleman followed right behind us. And I don't even remember what he said, but he started you know reading us the right act about we shouldn't be using handicap spots yeah. and we shouldn't park there and that's not for us and yeah I know you were pissed and I was just so excited because he called me a young chick <laughs> he said you two you two young chicks get out of the car bouncing into the theater you don't need oh, the handicap that's and I was I was like glowing from that and Aaron's ready to jump on his back and and beat him silly but yeah so he started giving us a hard time but i was very angry yeah and and it really speaks to this disease and other invisible handicaps it, yeah it's so frustrating it could be so maddening sometimes the reaction and the response you get from the world um because they just don't know you know it, right. it's a good reminder to just be kind Right. everybody you don't know you have no idea what people are going through right exactly no that's really good good advice because um i i had several of those battles myself when when aaron wasn't around but uh in the early days when i could walk into a store but getting out was a whole different story um so i you know that's why i used the handicap sticker because especially if i had to go somewhere that there was going to be a lot of walking inside uh, i didn't wasn't sure i could get out to the car again so anybody who has um, a disease understands that. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, um, that, that that's what, with that story, like I said, I, I got, it got so bad when, for a while, when I park in the handicap and go into a store and, you know, some man would be sitting out in a, uh, in a, one of the spots waiting for, you know, whoever, and he'd yell at me and I'd say, you know, I got to the point where I just say, thank you very much for protecting our handicap spots because, <laughs> of course you, did. you know, I had to be nice about it because, it, you know, you just, and they're so flabbergasted at your, <laughs> at your being nice about it. But, uh, you know, they, they didn't get it. And, you know, and I think we all have a tendency to be that way. I, I remember when I, when I was first diagnosed, uh, another friend of mine talking about her family, talking about how many handicap spots there were. Well, I don't feel that way. And I think anybody who's who's uh, disabled needs one doesn't feel that there's yeah. an overabundance of them or even that they're placed in the right right places. Sometimes they're placed kind of out of the way and right. not close to the door. Right. So they don't inconvenience other people or, you know, drive ups or whatever. So um, it's it's uh, it's one of the only benefits to having a disease is having the handicap sticker. So please give us that. <laughs> so please be kind. Yeah, please be kind. Keep those spaces open. Exactly. Um, so so what else can you remember? Like 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 um, me, you know, falling or you know, what kind of other issues did impacted you that you can think of? 
Um, I know what's funny is early on, I remember you sleeping a lot. Yes. And I don't know if that was a symptom or not. It definitely, definitely was. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even when I was little, I just remember you sleeping. Like you were always tired. Or right. You were always, um, yeah, taking naps or if you would sit, if we would sit on the couch, you, you would be out, you know, you would just lay down. And, right. Or at grandma and grandpa's, you would definitely, yeah, you know, while they were hanging out with me, you were like, yep, I'm going to go, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to go sleep. So I know I, I, used to, that. I, I used to, and that was even before I was diagnosed, but I think, you know, obviously I had it for a lot, a lot longer, um, a lot, a long time before I was even diagnosed. But, um, I remember I had, I used to tease that I had two speeds. It was, it was, uh, go and, and stop. And that was it. And I'd fall asleep the minute I stopped. So, mm -hmm. um, I've kind of always been that way, but, um, the MS definitely, that's the number one complaint for people who have MS is fatigue. Mm -hmm. So that's a biggie. And I, I think, you know, you have that in common with Matthew because that's one of his memories too, is that I slept all the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> that I couldn't, uh, even get up in the morning to get him off to school. Um, but yeah, I've gotten better with that over the years, but I still like my sleep. I still like to have, yeah. <laughs> you and I are the same. I'm the same exact way. Yeah. yeah. I still like, uh, <laughs> you know, eight is, is a must. Nine is good. And 10 is even better. That's the best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I will, I will sleep as long as I possibly can. Yeah. And that doesn't mean I won't sleep during the day too, if, if I get a chance, <laughs> especially if I'm reading. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think about, um, some of the other things that, that impacted you. Um, well, we talked the other day about school. Yeah. About how, you know, all of us either considered right. going to a closed school or did. I right. Mean, all three of us did. Mm -hmm. But that was a big determining factor for me. As I just, and actually, I didn't, as a teenager, I probably didn't realize it as much that that's what I was doing. But then after the, that insight came to me that. Oh, I, I, I remember thinking like, well, I can't labor and well, I can't, I, you know, I'm helping with this or right. Um, I got to make sure she's okay. So right. CMD is great, which it actually was. Right. I'm very glad I went there. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I wasn't ready to go away anyway. Yeah. Um, but then my choice to go to UIC after and commute right. and, and Elmhurst to go to Elmhurst. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, I think there was other contributing factors, obviously, but that was a bigger one than I even realized until after. Right, right. Um, and possibly Taylor and Matt, we've never talked about that, but yeah, they both said that that definitely, uh, and uh, Matt, you know, kind of poo pooed that, like that wasn't a determining factor, but I, I'm pretty sure it was with Taylor. So, mm -hmm. you know, and she, she will acknowledge that, but um, I don't think anybody regrets their decisions. They all met the loves of their life, you know, yeah. Oh, yeah. here, here in this, uh, in this area. So I'm, I'm happy about that, but, um, but that's also something to think about if you, if you got some kind of disease is the impact that it has on your family and, and their futures and, and what they're going to do. So, um, you know, always that little bit of guilt, like, oh, would they have done something different if not for my disease? Would they have gone further or traveled more, or, you know, done whatever. So, you know, I'm, I'm glad to see, to see they've all got a positive attitude about staying close to home. Well, you raised a therapist, a doctor, yeah. and a lawyer. So right, I'm right. Fairly sure. We yeah, did. yeah. I mean, not to brag. I'm not yeah, no, trying I'm, to brag, but no. I'm, I'm, as soon as that guilt comes in, I would just kind of swipe. I that, know, like, I know. Swipe that away. I know. All very driven people, definitely are our children. So, um, you know, obviously we did something right, but um, 
you know, you still, you just want the best for your children, obviously, and, and for them to, to have all of the opportunities that everybody else um, gets. So, um, like I said, I'm glad that they stay close to home. And I'm glad we live close enough to a big city and lots of great universities mm -hmm. that they had that opportunity to do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So what, what other, like, what advice would you give um, young adults you're, like yourself of uh, dealing with a, a relative or, or a parent, parent with, Ooh, am with I a disease? young adult? Yes. You're a young adult. Awesome. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah. Um, well, not that it's, you know, my, my brother and sister and, and Bruce, they all have different challenges, obviously, but, um, I think anybody my age can relate and understand what it's like to be, I mean, we're, we're the next sandwich generation, right? Meaning we're taking care of kids and homes and working and all of that. And we're considering our parents and thinking about our parents and, you know, kind of helping them through their own challenges, whatever it may be. So, right. um, I think the one thing that you've always taught me, whether you realize it or not, um, probably, probably more you know, covert teaching was to take care of myself. Right. Because you got to take care of yourself. You have to, um, do that in order to stay sane and, and healthy and able to take care of everybody around you. And um, I've seen you do that, even with this disease. You're trying this medication and trying this, and right. you know you're determined to make sure that you do the best for yourself and get the best for yourself. Right, so. right. I know, and it, it's. I, I'm so glad that that lesson has gone down through the generations because you know my mom was very sacrificial. Uh, official as far as you know everybody else's needs were more important than hers and um and you know i i saw that but hopefully you know grew a little bit from that and realized that's not that's not good um and and even though you know i did see that growing up i'm so glad that that my children understand the importance of taking care of themselves and that's you know a must when you have a disease obviously you don't have a lot of choice but uh, you've got to take care of yourself because when I was putting myself on the back burner is when I got really, really sick and ended up having to quit work. So, um, you know, I'm kind of gone full circle again. And now I'm back to, you know, taking care of myself as a full-time job. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember Bruce saying at one point when I was working so hard, he said, I just want you to take care of, he said, I just want you to spend as much time taking care of yourself as you are on other things. That's you know, and that really, yeah, <laughs> it's really good advice. And I, I didn't think about that until he said that. So now he probably wishes I wasn't spending so much money taking care of myself, but you know. Oh, well, oh, well, I think Nordstrom.com is taking yeah, care of herself. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. And those massages that he thinks are, you know, are just for fun, yeah. are really for uh, for pain and, and, you know, things like that. But that's all right. I, you know, he's learning after mm -hmm. all these years. But anyway, mm -hmm. well, I, I want to thank you, Erin. You're so busy. Uh, you're getting prepared for a move. Yeah. Uh, which makes me so sad you move into another state. Um, it's the next state. <laughs> I know it's the next state and it's only a few hours away, but it's still, it's still going to be hard. And it's hard for, for both of us. You, you I remember when you moved to Arizona for a few months, um, when you were like, what, 21 or something. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And I mourned, I mean, mourned for like two or three weeks. I mean, like nobody talked to me. I was so upset for a long time. So I, I'm, I'm preparing myself for that, even though it's just a few hours away. 
Um, then you add your beautiful family on top of it and my granddaughters and that's really going to be hard. But like I said, she'll get sick of me. I'll be, I'll be there so often. I'll, I'll be back. Yeah. I anticipate driving. No, back. I know. I know. I know it's, it's not that far and you know, we've got lots of things, you know, to, to be celebrating, um, in the upcoming year. So you'll be, we'll be back and forth, but yeah. I know it's a good move for you, but it is. Yeah. Love you, mom. I love you too. Huh? Thank you. Mm -hmm. All right.